Welcome to the Ask Why podcast, a series of conversations exploring the future of learning and the future of work with experts ranging from professional educators to investors, company builders, and individual learners. The way we learn and the way we work is changing rapidly. Artificial intelligence is automating ever more tasks around us, putting pressure on all of us to rescale and upscale at accelerated rates while dealing with a level of unprecedented information overload. The education system, built for an age of information scarcity and around a broadcast model of teachers and learners, is simply no longer fit for purpose. But what can be put in its place? If this is a topic you're interested in, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast by searching for hashtag AskWhy in your favorite podcast app or follow us on YouTube or TikTok and catch the video feed of these conversations, which are happening in VR. Today's guest is Christian Rebenick. Christian and I met through our common connections at Emerge Education, who are an investor in the company he's building today, Tomorrow Education. He is a serial entrepreneur who started his first company over 26 years ago with a background in software engineering. He was the CTO and managing director of N26, is a mentor at the Founder Institute, and serves as an advisor to various startups. Yeah, I'm more than happy to be here. And it's my first time doing a podcast actually in virtual reality space. Um, so really quickly about myself. Um, I am from Austria, um, so the, I like the environment in this room. <laughs> I can see more mountains than now because I'm actually physically based in Berlin. Um, yes. I started initially at one point of time actually economics, but I dropped out because uh, for me studying was uh, quite um, boring. It was not relevant. I couldn't match it how it, this is practically relevant. And then um, I started, dropped out and started a tech company. Um, and it's very, really fell in love with using technology to create meaningful products. And that's been have done in the last 20, now actually more years in very different roles and very different settings. Um, I like I had the opportunity to uh, help to build a bank with N26. I, I had the opportunity to get a digital health record in Germany um, with 37 health insurance companies together for 20 million people. But I also, for example, worked for that nation's World food program, helping to build share the meal, which was really exciting. Yeah. Um, and today I'm into education, um, which I believe is one of the biggest and most important fields actually uh, to create a better tomorrow. Yeah, so the um, the theme of tomorrow, as I prepared a little bit for this, seems to be thing as well. You, you were with the Tomorrow Bank before that as well. I never used that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm also uh, since a couple of years. I I always think about how can I help um, others as well, and how can I improve and um, help this, the society to become even more sustainable. And one of the parts of that is that I'm also mentoring and advising, and I'm also investing into startups and. Um, in that role, in this capacity of actually investing and advising, I'm supporting Tomorrow, which is a bank based in Hamburg, um, which is a sustainable bank, which tries to um, change the world for the better with a finance perspective. Okay. And uh, who got the name first? Tomorrow Bank? <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely them, yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, we found about it. And it's actually a funny story because I thought, um, so when we founded Tomorrow University, a little bit more than two years ago, um, we had a very different initial draft name about that. And then we thought about, okay, what should we call it? What we want to do here? We want to create a university um, to have an impact um, and to do, we presented those into the name and everything. And 
uh, we brainstormed together with the full team um, and um, we nailed them down. It was like, we had really a lot of fun names there, but we nailed it down and then the, the, the vote from the team was tomorrow. And then I thought, oh my God, shit, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually invited in tomorrow now. How do I explain <laughs> them that I want to bring yeah. tomorrow university out of that? Um, and then, then I talked to them and said, hey, listen, uh, you have a great name. <laughs> you know, I'll teach you about the first thing very similar, which is called tomorrow name. We want to do that. Uh, is this okay for you? And they, they uh, literally, they said, yeah, I mean, they have not been super excited about it because it's their brand and they're, they're, it's, it, they're really established, especially in Germany in that regard, but they also said, you cannot copyright, uh, you cannot protect um, tomorrow as a, as a name anyway. Um, so it's fine. And that's the reason why at the end, we really went with tomorrow university. <laughs> yeah, that must have been an interesting conversation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. So, uh, I always start these conversations with, uh, one question that is, what is something that you believe to be true that most people in your industry would disagree with? So I, I thank you very much for sending that question beforehand. I didn't think about it before so much, to be honest, because I think that there's a lot where um, I have, you know, the, um, how I started tomorrow is actually by thinking about two things. On the one hand side, what are the things which uh, will change in the next 10 years. Yeah. And so uh, giving you an example, I believe fully that electric cars um, will come and um, there will be the dominant uh, way of mobility when it comes to cars. But I thought about this in pretty much all the different industries. And then I thought also on the other hand side, what will not change in the next 10 years? Yeah? And there are a lot of things, for example, you still want to travel. It's an assumption. Yeah. With remote, you see here, <laughs> maybe it's a problem. Yeah? <laughs> so, but, um, I thought about these things uh, quite a lot, actually. And um, uh, this is also one of the reasons why, why we are building tomorrow universities, because we believe education will still be relevant from that perspective um, in a way, in a different way, but it will be relevant to be, become competent, um, to have a, have a great network, people, personal relations to have impact. And the way we believe how this works, how we can do that is, um, fundamentally is that we believe we can bring the best content, the best education to anybody in the world, literally wherever you are. Um, so I'm actually a firm believer that online education can be better than actually physical education, like being on spot. It's a very different one, uh, nonetheless, but if you ask today's universities, which after the pandemic, they went all online, but it didn't work out for many of them. Then they went back to hybrid or um, on-site. So from that perspective, um, they might disagree with that kind of statement and online actually can work. Interesting. So you, you said two, two slightly different things there. I think that online can work or online can be better than in person. I'd love to kind of dig into how do you think online can be better than in person? So the, I think the, the key part here, I believe the technology can help us to do things better. That's a core assumption for pretty much of everything what I do. And it has changed um, tremendously a couple of industries um, already. Um, and I believe also for us to learn better and more effective, um, this is where technology can help us. Now, this is especially relevant because the world around has changed. And we see this even more now with uh, things like AI. But 
knowledge is available at your hand. We have tools available like AI tools uh, for us to be more effective. Yeah, um, and the way uh, how we learn and what we learn actually is just changing from that perspective. And um, this kind of change isn't reflected, especially often in um, in existing universities and in existing schools. Um, yeah. So what we believe is that we actually can now improve education, but the the great thing is for us it's really about improving education and uh, let's say the 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 best angle to do it is because there's a change happening anyway um, and the change which is happening is that people want the flexibility to learn from anywhere so for us that's the the great opportunity in that regard to improve education overall and then uh, talking about how can technology help us to learn more effective I think there are a lot of ways how this can can be done um, based on the latest learning science, but give you uh, just very simple examples. Um, we can literally, like here, we can collaborate um, very easily uh, together, um, more instantly. We don't need to commute uh, from one place to another. We can give you concrete and better feedback on your competences and your competency progress, uh, very specifically, which matters, especially in mastery learning, what we do. Yeah, that's a very uh, interesting. And that second one is is something that's very interesting right? because when learning happens in an online environment, in a digital environment, you can you have much more many more signals, and those signals can be used as feedback, and the feedback can be used to learn. So, yeah, you have um, interesting potential acceleration opportunities. Absolutely, and it's also the case. So, give me an example. In my school, I had some really great teachers. I must admit, they have been really great storytellers and they did catch my audience and um yeah i was really excited and those are obviously the subjects which i most best in yeah um but then there have been like a lot of other subjects where i was really bad and uh, that was because the teacher teachers have to me for me been not very engaging uh, they couldn't excite me it was boring just listening to them and um i think this is what many students actually experience, that they have some great teachers, but also many not so great teachers. And I think, for example, also technology can help us to improve a consistent quality across anything we learn because of the the framework it can help you to provide actually in that space. Yeah, yeah definitely have had that um, experience. Myself. <laughs> many more bad teachers than good teachers, if I'm honest. Yeah, unfortunately, that often, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and... Now, moving on to the kind of second question I, I ask everyone uh, is from your personal experience, your personal learning experience, what what is the best learning experience that you have had in your life? And uh, why why was that the best learning experience? So, uh, I mean, so I believe I'm still learning. <laughs> it hasn't changed in me. I'm growing older. I think it, it's a part, it's a very... In, yeah, inherent part I think of everybody of us I think it's it makes life also interesting that we can actually learn that we stay curious over time and maybe even it has grown since I left school and so my curiosity and the eagerness to learn um, I think was actually a little bit hindered from that perspective and once I left university, I was I did, the interesting fact is that I studied economics and it was everything was boring. I didn't I did just learn for the exam and it was not interesting and just learning the hard so that I can forget on the next day again about it. So it wasn't very meaningful. But then when I left and all of a sudden I had to run this company and I haven't had no clue about how to do it. None really. Now how do I 
how do how does a payroll work? You know, how does a how does a business plan work? How can I sell something? How can I hire somebody? I didn't know all of that. Yeah. Um, so now I was starting to learn, but in a very fundamentally different way because now I had a purpose and I was very eager at this interest, this kind of curiosity. And this this stayed for me for literally for my life. And I like literally when I worked for N26, which was creating a bank, I never created a bank before. And it was all about you now get a banking license, build a core banking system. I had no clue. And um, people, it was also interesting and it was actually a benefit, I think, in that regard. People told me, Christian, you cannot build a core banking system. That's not possible. You know, um, it's so complex. Banks are running currently in a T system, which costs you billions and or millions and, and um, tons of millions, actually. And they said, yeah, it might be, I understand, I hear you, but I want to understand what is a core banking system, actually. So that was a very interesting learning experience for me, diving deeper. And again, having this problem in the first place, and then diving deeper into that, that's for me a really core motivation of my learning experience. That's where I learned really great and the most actually. But I then, then start to find out, read things, talk to people. How can this actually work? Yeah. So this is, I guess, somehow similar behind um, some of what well, we were talking about Edfido before the London Interdisciplinary School, right? Where it's problem problem first type of uh, approach. So, it is it correct to um, summarize this around like you found your motivation through the problems you're trying to solve and that was the kick that kickstarted your learning experiences around them is that is that correct? exactly exactly it's it's really starting with this kind of if you want to solve something you discover problems and then you're st starting to solve those problems um, and um, this is yeah. how I learned the most actually my whole life because I had the opportunity also to jump into new challenges um, and um, and once they're interesting, um, then you start to figure out how to solve those things. Yeah, huh. very interesting. And the best okay. and now if I have... you have a little bit of guidance and help <laughs> on site because it's sometimes really tough to learn all everything yourself and find the right of course locations, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the fact that it starts with a problem doesn't mean you can't get other people's exactly. advice and help understanding it. Yeah. yeah. And now I have a bunch of other questions that uh, I have not sent uh, across before. So one twist is that one of these questions has been written by ChatGPT. And at the end of the, the chat, I will ask you if you have any idea which one of them will have been. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Um, so I wanted to start with, I guess, an obvious question, which is, um, what made you start Tomorrow University? So the the story behind Tomorrow University is really that I did my exit with my last company, which was Vivi, Digital Health Record. And then I was didn't know what to do very specifically, but I was sitting at the dinner table um, with my children and the children have been in homeschooling. Yeah, So they had their online class. Um, and uh, my son, the oldest one, Ben, who uh, was, uh, yeah, who was 10 back then, he had a, um, um, a class about Berlin history. And in that class about Berlin history, he was sitting literally on the other side of my table. Um, he then, uh, yeah, was listening. And Berlin history is interesting, to be honest, yeah. But the teacher was talking and he kept on talking. Uh, after 10 minutes, he kept on talking. And I saw how my son... He was like in the in the chair, like a little bit going lower and lower constantly, and just watching. He had really trouble listening, and I was noticing that. And 
it took one hour until he truly fell asleep. And that that when he, his his head was on the table, that was the moment. Literally thought, that's really a big problem. And it reminded me just of my own my own time at school, where I counted the seconds until the lesson is over uh, because I was bored. Yeah, um, and I thought yeah. this is so sad because yeah, so many things have changed and I think tremendously improved. To be honest, yeah. Um, and uh, for my kids, I really want that they are fully empowered, that they have the skills and the competence to do whatever they want in their life. Um, so we want the best in my kids. And that wasn't the case in that case. I didn't have that this was any good experience, that it was me time spent well. Yeah. Um, and that's when yeah. I thought of that, why is this and how can we fix this? Yeah. And that was the, the birth literally of uh, Tomorrow University. And just to mention this, my co-founder, Thomas, um, I literally uh, talked to him. We know each other from since 15 years. He just didn't invent the tech route. He went really the educational route. So he became a PhD and uh, he did, you know, he became a professor and uh, he went down that route. And I called him and asked him about this the thing. Is this like normal? Is this something, you know, is, do, do we know better or is this the norm? Um, and then he told me uh, that, yeah, we know better. And I asked, but, you know, if we know better, why why don't we change it? Yeah, Christian, I'm trying to change systems from within since uh, since so much a long time, but it's just really hard because the system doesn't incentivize this change. Yeah, it's just wrong. It's focused, especially in Germany, on research. It's you're not but not incentivized actually on changing pedagogy or thinking on a bigger scale how to really build things for the students. Yeah, um, and yeah, and that was the the moment when we started it actually. Okay, and how how would you say tomorrow university is different? So tomorrow university is quite unique, to be honest, in the in the European space, especially because we're the first attack uh, also with a university license in that combination. And um, what does this mean for for the learners? Is that we are really an attack, which means we are very student centric. We are thinking about every day about how can we serve the student better, how can we educate and empower him in the most meaningful way, so that uh, he really can become a change maker, that he can. Um, make have a successful and impactful career in his life yeah um and we do this by technology by having a technology platform on the one hand side uh, which helps him to learn effective uh, which integrates mastery learning so we, we customize his learning path we give him feedback on uh, his competences and then we have like here uh, we have a metaverse campus where students can exchange in our case it is a, a proximity-based chat system which is interactive but we believe that uh, things like this year um, is something where we can get close, uh, closer, literally online. And so what we see in the nutshell is that we believe or we see also that education is actually, we can do the best education online. We can also connect you uh, and create a global community online. What we combine, and that's um, also special, is that we have actually meetups for our students regularly. Yeah? So one of the last meetups was in at Google headquarters here in Berlin, where then our students come um, and mingle, meet each other, party, drink, <laughs> have fun. Um, and uh, then, but then really also, again, can learn and connect wherever they are independently. They don't need to commute um, to a specific place. And this kind of approach that you can, that we are built actually for effective learning, effective um, communities online, but then again, in-person meet so that you have fun as well, deepen your relations. 
that's a quite unique uh, combination in that way and um, definitely unique in, in Europe. So you, you talk about, or you, you touched on mastery learning based here, maybe just for in case somebody uh, that's listening doesn't necessarily know what that is. Can you expand a little bit about how that is integrated and what it means? Yeah, mastery learning. I think is a is a really great concept, and um, it was um, I think Khan from the Khan Academy who did, did a, I think a really great TED talk about it, um, and I liked how he explained it because he was saying if you're coming into if you're building a house, yeah, um, and if you're building a house and you're building the the foundation, what is happening then typically there's an auditor coming and checking is this is this everything okay, um, and once it's okay, then you build the first floor. Um, and uh, then again, somebody comes and checks, is this okay? And then you build the second floor, but you go step by step and make sure everything is good. And uh, our school system is a little bit like you have a class, like you learn math, and then somebody comes in and says, hey, it's 60% okay. And then you continue to the second class. And then somebody tells you, oh, it's 55% okay. And then <laughs> um, at the third class, you just, you just struggle because you feel like you feel totally stupid because it's too hard because you haven't learned some fundamentals. And in, if you imagine this to a house, yeah, imagine the auditor says the foundation is 50% okay or 60% okay. You wouldn't continue, you know? Um, and mastery learning, and I, I like this because it makes so clear, you, you shouldn't continue if you haven't understood the foundation. So mastery learning means for us, we help you to ensure that you actually are ready for the next challenge. And um, this means very specifically that the challenges you enter tomorrow, they are not too hard and not too easy. Uh, because if they are too easy, then you're bored. What do you do the whole day? If they are too yeah. hard, uh, then you are just you you're frustrated because you cannot accomplish it. Yeah, and that's, this is happening for lots of kids, which just progress in math, and then all of a sudden they find out, oh, I I cannot. I'm too stupid. I cannot do math. But it's a wrong assumption. They can do math. They just missed some basics, so they need to go back uh, to build the basics, and then it's very easier actually to also master any of the of the more complex problems. And and so, obviously, different people move at different speeds and different times, right? And so, how do you how do you try combine that with the idea of a university then, right? Where you have a group of people going through. So far as I understand, there is still the the concept of a cohort, right? How, how do you try and combine mastery learning with a group of people that are approaching similar subjects? Yes, um, so. If, if our master students, they, there is, we call this intakes. They would start, for example, let's say um, now in, in March, yeah? um, and then we have challenges. And the challenges are like a course. And the course is something you are signing up to, and with this course, uh, you actually um, then go in a cohort um, of, uh, like, let's say, 25 students. And for six weeks, you will solve that challenge together in this cohort, and you're committing to do that. For every challenge which I described, there are certain competency requirements. Yeah, um, you need to have certain competence. If you don't have that, so I'll give you an example, you don't join the first thing an AI challenge. Yeah, you would maybe first do introduction to coding or mathematics or statistics before you join that AI challenge. Yeah, so what we will do, we tell you first, hey, you need to do that for this challenge. If you want to sign up to that, you first do the other challenge. So every learning path of the students is actually a little bit different um, because some will do these challenges, 
a first and then the other one. And some, they have, we have, we have students in the AI program, which are software engineers. And for them, it's really easy. They will skip a couple of challenges actually, because they have those competences again. And it would be frustrating for them to sit in a class where they have the competency already. And for the other, it's the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I, I totally get the, um, how it goes through. It's very interesting. You, you took the topic of, uh, or, or the example of AI, um, purely because I would argue that today in the last three months, actually there might be scope to try and understand AI without any computer science, uh, knowledge behind now, because ChatGPT has made it so much more accessible, but that's, that's using tools. Um, that's yes. using tools, uh, which is, which I think is, is something you, which is not an AI class. So you do, we do product development with AI okay. and they use actually AI tools to create products more effective. It just makes yeah. super sense from that perspective. You can use it for marketing. Hey, create a marketing strategy for a product based for set and you have a first draft and then you adapt on top of it. Yeah. So AI is for us a tool, which we believe that it helps you to uh, be, yeah, be more successful. And we will see more tools in the next decade coming when it comes to AI. And that's for us really quite exciting. So we also actively, and not just encouraging our students, but we actually integrate this in our classes uh, as a, as a yeah. key part. Yeah? Nice. And uh, you, so was the AI question from ChatGPT? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> it was okay. it was actually completely out of the blue. I just uh, it was just okay. uh, kind of riffing off of what you were saying. Um, I I had another so I had a quick, uh, a look at the website, and you you also mentioned how you prepare learners to be for people to be uh, perpetual learners. Uh, and I just wanted to to ask a little bit more about what do you mean with that? How do you try and how do you try and help people become lifelong perpetual learners uh, rather than kind of just finishing at the end of your course, of your, your program? So um, absolutely, I think it's a little bit like myself. I think that I learned a lot actually um, way later after graduating. Yeah? Um, <laughs> it's, it's something really continuous. I'm, I'm, I'm not done learning and I think there are way more things to learn for myself and um, as mentioned, this is something which is also an interesting part of life that we have the opportunity. Um, this could be also now not always the work-related things directly, but maybe they are. Maybe you know, maybe at at forty you think, oh, I want to create a company, or maybe you think, hey, I want to actually I I'm a software developer, but I want to move into sales. It's something really interesting. Um, I haven't seen that so often, but <laughs> it might happen. <laughs> not the last. It's only that fifth. It's possible. And we think this is this is really also important. We want to support this kind of um, this learning. Um, and our part, what we how we want to support that is that uh, we are we are focusing on the competences which we want to help you to learn the twenty first century competence. And we make, for example, programs or challenges as we call them. Um, uh, stackable so you can at any point of time also not if you have a degree you just can join one of our challenges uh, where in the cohort you uh, for example I don't know learn about battery um, reuse circular economy or um, about uh, yeah it could be about leadership but it's very important I think that you you build up again you build up this kind of competences but also um, in a not in a theoretical way but actually in the applied way and what does it mean for our learners? Our our programs, all of them are actually supporting flexibility. 
which means you can at the same time work. Uh, you can travel the world. Um, you can. We have uh, new students who just woke me today, which I thought was really interesting. They are living in the woods. Uh, they have a cabin in the woods, and uh, they they uh, they are really interested in the program. And I think it's it's great. It's great that this is possible now. Whatever currently is, you're a farmer. Amazing. We have a student actually in Norway who is a farmer who loves design um, and who starts to love product design. I think it's a it's an amazing combination, actually, to make that possible. Yet, while you actually do what you you're, what you're passionate about, maybe where you earn money, but you can also learn um, at the same time. Now, you've now built a new model for universities, right? And how how do you think that fits into the larger higher education system? Um, this new model that you you have developed. Do you think it this is just the way forward? Do you think this is one way and we'll just, we'll have a um, set of different models that people will choose from? Like, how do you think about the, the model you've developed in the larger ecosystem? So I believe um, it's a good question. And for sure, I don't know because the future is yet to be created in that sense. But I think um, that... There's a lot of value and if you have a local university and you want to go there, it's a time way for you to also explore. Maybe that's the right way. But many people, uh, they want that flexibility. They want to study independent of the location. They want to maybe travel the world, work somewhere. And those people, for those we want to serve, yeah? And we believe this need of actually flexibility is increasing and we see this also in the market. So there's a, obviously there's a bigger shift actually to online. But online, we haven't figured really out there. Um, there is not yet uh, 100 years of online learning. It's something really, really new. And uh, <laughs> we need to learn a lot about what works and what doesn't and how can we integrate this. And I believe there's a, a long path ahead of us actually on figuring this one out. What, what does, how can we actually learn in the future in a better and more effective way, but also keep it as a social, as a social, exp a social ex experience. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. I believe that there there will be a lot of um, experimentation still to go, uh -huh. um, and a lot of different models we'll see uh, upcoming. Is there the one right way? I don't think so. Actually, I think that we will actually uh, because we are so different. We have different backgrounds. We have different cultures. We think I think that there will be more um, more student centricity in generally about the learning in the future. Yeah, it will be more about what is the best way you as a person can learn and. Um, it's not about you coming to the teacher in a classroom and he is actually the centerpiece or the research is the centerpiece, but it's the student. And that's what I believe uh, is, is what we need to do also if you're thinking about, um, yeah, about the future. It's that the, the people matter most. Yeah, We are the change makers. We are uh, the ones actually who need to be empowered and educated to be effectful and creating a sustainable uh, planet. Yeah. Okay, and now, kind of going at a slightly, slightly different, um, different uh, angle, different topic. The so we're all aware of the declining uh, half life of skills. Right, skills are are the time any particular skills is stays relevant is getting smaller and smaller. And how do you, um, how do you think about the future of learning? And how you are approaching learning within this context of declining half-life of skills and uh, and the and the utility that you are trying to to pass on. 
So uh, it's really interesting because I have the honor also to do a class on technology revolutions. Um, and we're discussing here also the technology waves. And um, what you mentioned is it's really important to acknowledge is that innovation cycles are getting faster. And if the innovation cycles are getting faster, the jobs which are created uh, and the jobs which die as well um, is just increasing. So the speed um, of uh, how long of, of new jobs um, is increasing. And then this means also for us, we will not be in a job for 60 years. You will not stay and be for your life maybe in one job. So it's very important that we become learners maybe. And this is, I think, where we see this kind of shift. What is actually important in the future? And um, there are very different competences. I like, uh, we, and we base also what we do um, a lot on the 21st century competences, uh, also defined by the World Economic Forum. Um, so where you see a lot is about learning to learn. Um, or self-reflection, self-leadership. How can you manage yourself yeah? um, so that you actually can stay up with that kind of pace? Um, and these kind of different competences which matter uh, today, I think, will help you also to adopt uh, more quickly into the, into the innovation which is happening on that space. Yeah. And... So how long does um or is the does it take the average person to go through through tomorrow university today? So this depends. We have bachelor students and bachelor programs can be three years. The master program is typically one to one and a half years, and then we have shorter programs which are starting also for like for two weeks to um, um do a mission identification challenge where it's all about actually defining your purpose, your values, what you actually passionate about. Or we have short programs like the Green Tech uh, Impact Degree with the with a well-known German university as partner, the RWTH Aachen, which is about um, circular economy and uh, um, yeah, for example, also battery reuse, etc., in the mobility yeah. space. Yeah. And and so, how do you think about the longer form degrees? Right. So what, one of the things that I've uh, I found most interesting in the last few years is um, looking at so the the declining half-life skills and it used to be 10 years or so. Um, last yeah. year, I think the last that I looked like was about four years for the average skill. Very soon, it'll be less than the time it would take about to get a bachelor's degree. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to the implants. At one well, <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this is, this is what I mean, right? So what, what does the future look like when the skills you are learning are going to be outdated on, on average by definition, by the time you get out of of a degree yeah. structure. Yeah, and, and I think it's really important that which skills you're learning and which are which stay relevant and which not. Yeah, Maybe yeah. you don't want to learn Python specifically and become an expert, but maybe you learn about AI, like ChatGPT, and learn with that to code Python uh, in a more effective <laughs> way. Yeah? So what, what we would be providing with the bachelor degree program is something where you actually can work while you learn. Um, and you develop your competence while you're learning. And also your learning path is changing maybe in the same time, but it's very important to um, to build up that competence yeah? because it's not about the knowledge per se. Um, it's something, it's like, I know how to do a financial model, but have you done it? Have you seen different versions of it? Yeah. Um, yeah. This kind of act of actually building up your experience, this is also what is shaping your life and therefore your competence. and. Um, this makes this is increasing your um, circle of influence. If that, um, if you ha if you're competent, 
Um, so I do believe that there are competences which are, as you mentioned, um, are, are more fast-paced. Other ones are, um, are like learning to learn with something which you can need, uh, can use the next um, most likely 50 years. It's just not directly relevant for the next job, maybe, but indirect it is because then you you are able to jump into the job and you have the competence to master the job. This is the reason why we're talking about challenge-based learning because we don't know which challenge you will face in your um, life. You don't know it, but we can prepare you to master those challenges. Um, and that's why these kind of also collaboration matters more, for example, yeah? Um, because we, we, the, because of the complexity of things of today, you need to work together. Um, communication matters more. Just talking about sustainability, how complex topic is this? To make this really easy and to the point, um, this is tough. Yeah? And that's the reason why, for example, communication skills are so important. Yeah? Technology, technology literacy is not about just, hey, I know now very specific that kind of um, uh, coding skill, but I have an understanding of technology, how AI works is a very interesting one, how software development works, what kind of different types are there, uh, databases, servers, what is it in generally, this will stay relevant to have this kind of fundamental understandings and being able to use those tools. So from that perspective, I don't know in 20 years when we have our, what was yesterday, our autonomous robots, yeah? Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, the they're, humanoids. They're, they're, yeah, that we have everybody has his own personal robot, maybe in 20 years. I don't know. Yeah, it's totally possible or not. I don't know. But I think, and yes, this will again change the skills which are relevant. So I fully agree there. Yeah. But it's yeah. about preparing you to actually adopt uh, for whatever is required in the future world. Yeah. And this doesn't stop. So I think also it's very important what you mentioned. It's really this kind of continuous being able um, set you up to learn, mm -hmm. to continuously grow, collaborate, etc. And so on that, that same vein, then how do you, how do you, in that future, how do you think about the future of assessment of, of the learning and skills? Like, how does that happen? So I think assessment is a very interesting topic <laughs> in many <laughs> regards. Um, what is assessment? Um, and there are different I think that it depends on the purpose of assessment. Um, for me, the purpose of assessment is more feedback, help you to reflect, grow, um, and get input. Yeah. Um, from uh, get a different perspective on what you maybe have done. Yeah. Um, and yes, for sure, if it's something very concretely like math, maybe there's a wrong or right answer. Uh, but especially in universities, we have a lot of really smart and outstanding students. It's, the assessment is not, I give you a grade, and that's the important part. Um, the important part is the, the feedback you receive on your work, which could be qualitative and quantitative. Yeah? And uh, I believe this kind of, uh, of assessment um, will stay relevant um, also in the future. I think what is, from our perspective, not relevant is what kind of grade you have um what is the what is the do you have a, i think a good grade or bad grade but i believe the future is more hey this is the competence i have this is my portfolio of experience i have built those kind of competences and this can tell you a little bit of how i can master that into the future uh, challenges in that space but it's uh, it's fundamentally i think different but again this is not a shift i believe also which is happening from today to tomorrow but this is something which I believe is important uh, for our society. 
It's very interesting. So the um, it you you use the word portfolio, which is indeed uh, I um, recently spent quite a bit of time trying to trying to look at what this could look like, and I I converged through to a similar point as well, where some way of showcasing skills and abilities in a portfolio type format is is likely where or is at least one path we might end up um, uh, end up at. So it, it, just was saying in, in Nipotech, it's you know the, um, there is this GitHub and there there are GitHub profiles and if you are talking an interview and developer, you will have a look at his GitHub profile. What kind of uh, what what have what have been his contributions? Which technologies hey he has built up experience? Yeah, how often does he contribute? Um, Etc. This can tell you yeah. a little bit more eventually than just the line in the CV which says he has worked uh, at that company and used Python. Um, as a language, yeah. Exactly. Okay, so um, well, most of the questions have been been asked. Uh, I always want to finish with one question, which is, um, what is a question that you have today that you wish you had an answer to? So there, there, uh, the question I would wish I have an answer to. Um, so the, there were many challenges. Yeah, the yeah, question you uh, wish you had an answer to. Yeah, um, the, now that we are here in virtual reality, <laughs> I would wish <laughs> to know and understand better how to use uh, virtual reality because it's quite meaningful, I think, uh, for education and bringing us closer together um, in a great way. And yeah, I, I, that's what I literally asked myself uh, this week. So <laughs> happy to get any input also from the audience, yeah. <laughs> yes, if anyone has uh, better ideas on how to use this effectively, <laughs> we will let you know as well. Um, so, do you have any idea which question was G chat GPT? You mentioned already <laughs> my, my guess about the AI question uh, <laughs> was wrong. Was it that one? Uh, <laughs> so, no, I don't know which one actually, yeah. So, it was the one uh, on how tomorrow university is model um, okay. inserts themselves in the wider higher education space. Mm -hmm. yeah. so, uh, I fed it um, the uh, funding announcement. There was what a, a good article written, or a significantly big article written about uh, Tomorrow University's uh, funding round, and I just fed it that and then asked it, what can I ask um, yeah. Tomorrow University's founder? And there you go. <laughs> the did you, you you now need to check if my answer was correct? <laughs> Mine was <laughs> true. Did actually would answer yeah. Exactly. Um, cool. Well, how did you find it? What was the so this was the first time you've gone gone through this, right? So yes, what, absolutely. What did you think about the conversation? No, it's really it's a it's a really interesting one. I like the few. Did I say that? <laughs> yes, <laughs> very, very Austrian indeed. <laughs> exactly. Cool. Okay. Well, hey, thanks, thanks a lot for the the conversation. Uh, I I really enjoyed it. I hope. Uh, what 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 did you think about the questions, the directions, the like? No, amazing. Makes sense. Uh, thank you very much for introducing me to the way of having my first podcast here in a virtual reality studio. It's it's really as mentioned, it's really interesting. I, uh, and I get your point. They say you it's the the. The focus is there. I have no opportunity to watch my smartphone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How great is that? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, it's the one place that you are. 
Exactly. That's always the, the reason why I, I think we need to do this at the university. That's really the best reason, actually. Interesting one. <laughs> Nobody brought that up yet. Um, but it, this kind of focus is really important. It's one of the problems, actually, of online um, of online learning. It's this kind of or online meeting yes. in general. It's this kind of defocus. You switch uh, off for uh, a bit. And, yeah. 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 It's, we, we all have so many distractions in life. We are really, really exciting. How did you get the idea? Uh, well, because we use it in the company, we use it so much at the company. And then, uh, we started recording a meeting here or there in VR just for other people to be able to catch up. And initially it was like, we're trying to figure out, does, is it gimmicky to do it in VR or not? Um, but then because we did so many meetings ourselves, like we had some hypothesis around, yes, the conversation is probably going to be better. I underestimated how, um, few people had used it before. So... They have, yeah, as I was saying, there are quite a few people that I had to just help get them set up. Uh, but at the flip side, everyone up to now has been very thankful because basically they knew about it. They, it's very similar actually to, to what you just said, which is that they've been thinking about it a lot, but there was no reason for them to properly jump in and do like a full conversation to actually understand it. And so yeah. they all found it interesting that now at least they had a full understanding because they really went through it amazing thank you very much again josh for making this possible yeah thank you so, and have a talk to you soon bye-bye <laughs> cheers. cheers the way we learn and the way we work is changing rapidly artificial intelligence is automating ever more tasks around us putting pressure on all of us to rescale and upscale at accelerated rates while dealing with a level of unprecedented information overload the education system, built for an age of information scarcity and around a broadcast model of teachers and learners, is simply no longer fit for purpose. But what can we put in its place? I'm your host, Joshua Vöhle, CEO at Mindstone, and I hope today's conversation shed light on at least some of the problems we're facing. If you thought today's conversation was interesting, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast by searching for hashtag AskWhy in your favorite podcast app or follow us on YouTube or TikTok, and catch the video feed of these conversations, which are happening in VR.